greet you all in the Lord's name this morning. It's a beautiful day to be here. Um, yeah, Brenda was talking back there before church started this morning, how fresh it smelled outside, and yeah, the, the sunshine, and how the rain really um, greened things up, it seemed like, but yeah, this, this morning I'd like to to uh, speak a little bit on living as a child of God, and you know, I was... Uh, mentioned a little bit to Rick this morning. You know, the <clears throat> we had watched the the Promise play the other evening um, at Antioch, and, uh, and I don't know if anyone went to watch that, but the I think I'm not sure who played Peter J. Arms or maybe which. Yeah, he was. Um, Jesus was going through um, yeah different towns there, you know, and he raised Lazarus from the dead and healed the. Um, made the blind man see again and the, the boy with the lame leg. You know, he was performing all these miracles, and um, Peter was just absolutely beside himself. You know, he was, uh, he kept asking the question, you know, what's next, Lord? You know, what, what are we going to do now? And, you know, he was asking this question with excitement. And, um, you know, not, <clears throat> you know, he was seeing the results that Jesus was performing, you know, these miracles, and, you know, he was just beside himself. And if we think of that, you know, as of our own lives in this area, and, you know, are we trying to control our own lives or we live under under God's guidance? And, you know, if we try to control our own lives, that question of, you know, what now, Lord, or what next, it comes up, but it's not with excitement. You know, it's, it's from an earthly viewpoint, and it, it brings doom and gloom because, um, you know, these, whenever we try to control all these different aspects of our life, um, you know, anxiety, depression, Anger and just despair can set in because there's no no humanly way possible that we can control all that stuff. And in Exodus 20 verse three, there God's one of the God's first of the Ten Commandments is found there, and it says that Thou shalt not have any any other gods before me. And I just think you know that's we just talked about Solomon there in um, Sunday school class, and yeah, I want to touch on him later in the message, but you know about not having any, any gods any gods before our God, you know, and that, as we go through life, we can soon get stuck in a rut of um, money, you know, popularity, work, or pleasures. These type of things can control us, and, you know, if they're not taken care of, um, they, can, they can bring us down, and you know, I'm not saying that we can't be prosperous or, you know, have pleasurable things in our life, but Anything that can stand in the way of us and God, we need to get rid of. And, you know, these, like I mentioned here, um, we take this commandment and actually truly place God first in our lives. You know, we can be like Peter. You know, we can ask these questions, you know, like, what's next? Or, you know, what now, Lord? With, you know, be ecstatic about it. You know, have a hope that, um, you know, we just can't hardly wait for what God's going to do next for us. And, yeah, a couple of things I want to touch on is, you know, how we can how we can live under God's direction, you know, be a child of God, and what happens what happens to our life when we're surrendered to God. And then in the last part there, I'd like to touch on a little bit on, you know, what happens when we try to control our own life or, you know, not being not not being fully surrendered to God. And you know, if we live under under God's direction, it, it sometimes is not easy, but um the promise of the reward that we will receive at the end of our life and the blessings that we receive here on earth, you know, far outweighs anything that can happen um, in this life. And, you know, there's, I know for my own life, there's certainly times that doing the right thing 
um, you know, feels maybe like you're an outcast or, you know, not part of the of the cool crowd, I guess. But, you know, if you're under his direction and, <clears throat> and living by his word, you know, we don't have anything to worry about. And he will always be there to, to lead God and protect us, you know, no matter what happens. And if, yeah, I was going through my Bible there and trying to look a few things up as far as how to live under God's direction. And I, I would think the the first one and the major one is it's kind of a two-part deal. It'd be born again and repenting of your sins and, you know, of our past life. And when we do that, we start we start a new life in Christ and our old life is left behind. You know, we, we walk in newness of life. And to have a relationship with God, we must be born again believers and to receive direction from him. You know, John 3, 3, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You know, that's pretty plainly written there. You know, if, it, if we're not born again, we will never see the kingdom of heaven. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And like I mentioned, when we're born again, we're made new. And our old lives are are left behind and we die to self and we begin living for God. And this is something that we don't do in our own power. It's actually, it's, it's a gift from God, you know, and from our eternal father. And this is, this gift was provided for us whenever he sent his son to, to die on the cross for our sins. And, you know, that in John three sixteen, you know, that familiar verse there, it said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And, you know, how everlasting life, you know, we, we think of that term, you know, how great that is to, you know, once we pass on from this world, that we can live in eternity with our Father. And the second area <clears throat> um, we need to touch on is, is being fully devoted to God. And they, I'm not sure which one of the ministers the other night at the, um, at the ordination at Mount Olive had touched on that a little bit about you know, what are we doing with God's calling in our life? Um, you know, are we acting on that and fully living that out like we should? Or, you know, do we just kind of put that on the back burner? And, you know, we need to, we need to have it, be fully involved with him in all areas of our life. And, you know, that includes, you know, taking personal time to, to talk to God, you know, set aside time for devotion and prayer. And, you know, allow him to direct us, you know, as we go through this life. And if you look up the word devoted, it's profound dedication. And you look up the word profound, you know, it's all-encompassing, complete. You know, it's not part of it, not a little bit of it, it's all of it. And, you know, that to be devoted to God, we have to take personal time to, to have devotion and to speak with him on a, on a personal level. You know, after he sent his son to die on the cross, he gave us that ability to talk directly to him you know we don't have to go to the temple to talk to a priest or anything in that area no more we can talk directly to God <clears throat> and Matthew 22 uh, verse 37 it says Jesus said unto him thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all, and with all that soul and all that mind. In Philippians three, uh, verses seven to eleven, 
It says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. <clears throat> Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I might that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is, is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I, may know, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto his death. Unto his death. You know, that, um, we, you know, like I said, we spoke a little bit on, on Solomon here and you know everything we count as gain in this in this life uh, that we see gain, if it doesn't have God in it, it's nothing. And um, knowing Christ and having a personal relationship in Him would, should be our number one goal in this life. And then there's a that verse in Romans twelve one and two. It's a familiar verse. It says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God." which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And another verse there in Matthew 6, 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You know, this, these verses here that, that we was read, you know, they're pretty, make it pretty plain about our devotion to God. Um, that verse in Matthew, um, you know, about Matthew six, are about not serving two masters. Um, you know, it's just, it's just not possible. And you know, if we spend our time trying to do that, one or the other will feel like they're getting left behind. And you know, we present we're to present our, present ourselves, excuse me, as a living sacrifice to God. And if we think about that, you know, what what does that mean? You know, present ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Um, you know, we don't. Um, we're not into as far as persecution and stuff like that. You know, like there was in the in the beginning times of of the Anabaptist faith. You know, when they was being martyred. But you know, what if, what if it would come to that? Um, you know, would we be willing to lay our life down for God, or you know, would we say that you know be like Peter and say that you know we don't know Him and you know and try to try to get out of it like that and. You know, we are called to love God with all we have, and, you know, we are to commit our lives to him, and, you know, let the details and specifics as we go through this life, he can control all that. We don't have to worry about it, and, you know, no matter how hard we possibly try, that's to control those things, it can never happen, as I mentioned earlier, and, you know, he takes that, whenever we give our life over to him, um, whenever we're born again, he takes he takes command of us, and, you know, he let us, he will lead God and direct us, you know, and we can take comfort knowing that if we have God as our leader, he'll never lead us astray, you know, no matter what comes of us. And the third point is, you know, being of this is, I think, is to, to remain in constant prayer, and prayer is for everyone. Uh, we had the, we started having the, the prayer meetings here at church, and I think that's just, the, yeah, it's a great thing. You know, we can sit down with two or three brothers and, and you know, if something's in your life that you need to take care of or, you know, just any kind of prayer request and, you know, nothing leaves the building and we just sit and pray with each other and that just, yeah, that um, that that means a lot to me. And, yeah, it's, it's 
uh, helped me out. <clears throat> and I think prayer, you know, the, the true power that, that we have, that we've been given through prayer is phenomenal. And, yeah, like I said, you know, they used to have to go to the temple and talk to the priest and, you know, to speak to God. But now we, since he came down to the cross and died for our sins, we can speak directly with him. And it's hard for us as humans to grasp the, the power that we've been given through prayer and, you know, what all we can do with prayer. And Colossians 4, 2, it says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. And First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and every... Yeah, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and every in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And yeah, in the Amplified Version it says, Be unceasing and and persistent in prayer. You know, in, in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Another verse there in Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And James 5, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And... Yeah, when I was speaking about the prayer meeting, that, that verse really stood out to me. You know, the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. You know, we, um, if we effectual, effectually pray, you know, constantly for, you know, the people in our church and all other believers, you know, the, the bond of unity that's created there is, is just phenomenal. And Matthew 6, 6, it says, But, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou shut the door, Pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall we reward thee openly. Another verse in Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You know, you know, these verses remind us that we should remain in constant prayer, and we need to be thankful that, that God hears us when we pray. And no matter what we face in life, you know, we need to be persistent, as that verse there in First Thessalonians says about remaining in prayer. And, you know, if we want to worry less, I feel like we need to pray more. You know, it's, it's that building to pray with other people, like I mentioned, but then we also need to take a personal time to, to talk to God, you know, by ourselves. And, you know, there was a... I'm not sure what verse or what chapter it's found in there where the Pharisees were standing in front of the synagogue or in front of the temple. I'm not sure how it was and and praying, you know, but they was doing it for the wrong cause. They was they was doing it to to show off more or less, I guess you could say. And um, you know, there's a time we need to pray alone. And you know, even if we don't know, like this verse here in Romans, even when we, when we don't know what to pray, if we just um, you know, go go someplace secret and just cry out to God. You know, He He knows what we're trying to pray for, and you know it says that. You know, we not not 
for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession. You know, he, he intercedes for us on our behalf, even when we don't know what to pray. And then in part two here, I would like to, the second part here, I would like to touch on, you know, what, what happens whenever, whenever we are fully committed to being a child of God, you know, surrendered to Him as we go through this life. And, <clears throat> you know, He will... He will give us more in this life than, than we are, are ever worth, you know. And but we should be willing to to give up whatever He asks for. And there's a verse here in Luke um, eighteen twenty nine and thirty. It says, "And He said to them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left the house that left hath left house." or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time in the world to come, life everlasting. And it said, um, you know, that verse states there, it says that who will receive many times as much in this present age and in the age to come in eternal life. And, you know, I had to think the other night when I was watching that, that promise play, you know, these guys those disciples that was following Jesus around, you know, they'd left their, left their jobs and, you know, possibly families and whatnot all behind, but just, yeah, I mean, I, I realize it's a play, but the look of the excitement on their face whenever they was with God and, you know, seeing what all he could do, it was, yeah, it really stood out to me. I hadn't, I hadn't watched that play for a while, but it was, yeah, it was good for me to sit down and, and uh, go through that again. And, you know, as we live of, as um, children of God, it means we're set apart, you know, we're, First um, Peter 2, 9 and 10, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not, been a, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Obtained mercy. You know, our, the... Like I said, that whenever we are living for God, it might seem like we can, we're an outcast, but really we're a chosen people. We're we're supposed to be set apart from from the world around us, and you know our value comes from being in God. You know, not the not our achievements here on earth, and <clears throat> we are to we're called to display that that to people around us. And as we continue on living this life surrendered, and there's a couple of verses in Matthew about being a, a city set on a hill, you know. Um, I think that if we live a life that's fully devoted to God and are a child of him, you know, we should be going about boldly proclaiming um, what he's done for us with everyone we meet. Um, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle. And put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. So, so let your light so shine before men, that you may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And this is not something like a like the Pharisees that were standing outside the synagogue or the temple praying. It's not a not a part of bragging or anything like that. But it's a humble a humble boldness that we can you know, talk to people about what God's done for us in our life and. Yeah, we touched on a couple of topics there about about living under God's direction and what happens when, when whenever we are surrendered to God or you know devoted our life to Him. <clears throat>
But on the counterpart of that, what happens when we don't live surrendered to God? And I had to, yeah, there was, I was searching there in a couple of different places, and the first one I had to think of was the, was the, the lukewarm church there in Revelations in Laodicea. It says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, and the faithful and true witness in the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold, cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and poor, and blind, and naked. You know, this would be the, like I said, this is the first example that came to me. And this church here in Laodicea had become complacent. They was lukewarm and self-centered, and they let their wealth and worldly pleasures, um, you know, that commandment God gave there in Exodus about not letting no other gods come before me, that took over for them, and, you know, they became lukewarm. They lost their, they lost their, their spirit that they had for God. And, you know, our true riches are only found in Christ and you know, nowhere else. Another example of this is, would be in Jeremiah 7, uh, 23 and 24. Um, go ahead and read them verses. It says, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk, ye all, walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may dwell that it may be well unto you. But they hearken not, nor incline their ear, but walked in counsels and in the imagination of the evil heart, and went backward and not forward. You know, here the, the prophet Jeremiah was speaking to the, to the town of Judah, and God, was, God told Jeremiah to go and warn them about their sins. You know, they had, they had a, I'm not sure I read the commentary somewhere, they had a, a stubborn spiritual attitude, and... They were sacrificing, they were doing the sacrifices like they were told, but they had forgotten the meaning behind it, I think is how they said it. They were just pretty much putting on a front, acting like they were Christians. And, yeah, the prophet Jeremiah went to, to warn them here, and it says they went backwards instead of forwards. You know, here they was, they, you know, they disobeyed this first commandment again. You know, they let something come between them and God, and they was going backwards instead of forwards. Another example of this would be in 1 Kings 11, verses 3 through 5. And, yeah, this is a part about Solomon, I guess. And we talked about him a couple different times in Sunday school today. And I think Tim mentioned something about, you know, he was, you know, people say he was the wisest man that ever lived. But yet in his, in, um, in his later years, he turned from God. You know, he said it, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went, af went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zendonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord as David as did David his father. And you know there was um, another another example of 
you know, Solomon was, was wise all through his years. And, you know, here he had all these wives and they was pressuring him and pressuring him. And he finally gave in and, you know, put something between him and God. And he lost his, you know, he lost his, I don't know if you can say he lost his salvation or how you want to say that. But yeah, he, he lost his devotion to God and slid backwards, you know, and was not going forward like he should be. And, you know, I think the, the, the church at Laodicea there, they, you know, they had wealth and worldly pleasures. And um, their prophet Jeremiah, they, was, they were just going through the act and they was worshiping idols. And Solomon was worshiping idols. And if you think about all, all these things had in common. They, they let something, uh, they lost sight of God and let something, let something else become God and disobeyed his first commandment. And, you know, if we try to, as you can see in these passages, if we go through these, as we go through life and trying to be in control of ourselves and we can become um, relaxed, I think, and, and um, yeah, to different things that we need to, that if we would actually be devoted to God, that we could be, you know, he would make us aware of him. You know, we can become relaxed with these and it can, can make us um, lose sight and lose focus of what we need. We should really be focusing on. And that's God. And I think, to, yeah, just to go back and touch on a couple of things here that we have to we have to live a life that's fully committed to God. And to do that, we have to have a devout personal relationship with Him and surround our, surround ourselves with people you know that are like minded. Um, you know, people of the same faith have personal prayer time and. You know, he was, he's able to, to give us back. You know, if he asks us to give something up, um, you know, we shouldn't worry about that. That's, you know, he's able to give us way back way more than we've ever given up ourselves in his earthly life. And this, if we each personally go through this, I think the, the unity that can come out of it, you know, amongst all God's people, not just in the church, but again, amongst all people, you know, if we don't put any other gods before our God, um, yeah, the, you know, that's the, we can have, it produces people that, you know, have meekness and kindness, long-suffering toward each other, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to uh, worry about upsetting anyone, you know, and, you know, we're to be a salt and a light to the lost world around us, and a city that's set upon a, set upon a hill cannot be hid, and this produces salvation, um, you know, if we live devoted to God. And I hope that's knowing that if hardships come, our Father will always be with us no matter what happens. And, you know, I had to think, you know, why are we, and this is for myself personally, but why am I so bashful about the wonderful God we serve? Um, you know, why don't, why don't I, uh, yeah, I've, I've got, I guess I could say I have issues witnessing people and I shouldn't have. But, you know, we always need to be um, like Jesus' disciples there, you know, be willing to uh, and ready to ask God, you know, what's next or, you know, what now, Lord? You know, what do you want us to do now? But, yeah, I just want to, I don't have a lot more words to share. I want to thank you guys for your prayerful attention this morning. And, yeah, if you're willing, just kneel for a word of prayer. Blessing us with a, a beautiful day today, Lord, that we can gather to worship you. You know, our, our normal congregation is not all here, Lord, but we, um, yeah, we just thank you for 
wherever they're at today, Lord, we just ask that you could be with them. Um, I know they're in several different places. We just ask that you could, could be with each and every one of them, um, wherever they're at, Lord. Um, again, as we, as we share today, Lord, that we could just be fully devoted to you as we go through this life, that um, we could um, reach a level of personal devotion to you, Lord, that whatever you would ask us to give up, Lord, that we would be willing to do that, that we could go through this life being a child of God, that under your direction and doing whatever you would ask of us. We just yeah, ask that you could be with us uh, throughout the remainder of this service and just keep us safe as we depart from here, Lord. And we just thank you especially for the plan of salvation you've given us by sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. And we just ask all this, all of this in your name, Lord Jesus.